Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, April 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, uh, the Guardians dropped their fourth straight uh, after uh, being swept in the Bronx in New York. They flew to the West Coast and on Monday opened a, a series against the Angels in Anaheim. And Shane Bieber looked pretty strong, uh, pitched into the seventh inning had six strikeouts and looked like everything was uh, was working. If I told you that the Guardians held Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to one for eight with the only hit being a, an accidental check swing triple by Trout down the right field line, uh, I, I think you, uh, you, you know, you'd think the, uh, the Guardians would have won in that game. But uh, the offense, once again, just didn't show up. Yeah, Joe, uh, that's kind of being, has been a reoccurring theme. Either they, uh, you know, score 10 runs or they score no runs. And uh, last night they got shut out. Um, and I, I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, they had they had a couple chances. But, uh, you know, Beaver definitely deserved better. What, what did you think of him? You saw him. Uh, what, what do you think was working for him? And uh, how did he look, uh, you know, I guess uh, strength-wise or just uh, – you know, his uh, resiliency and, and do you think, uh, you know, is he ready to put spring training behind him and really kind of start the season now? Yeah. The, it, it, his velocity was, was up on his fastball, a, a tick. It wasn't, you know, where we're used to seeing it still, but uh, I think being in the, the, the warmer environment, being at home, uh, being more relaxed and comfortable. I think, uh, you know, he was he was out there throwing all of his pitches. He was changing speeds, and the ball was moving uh, was moving real well. He says he said after the game he was he was confident in in what he was throwing. Uh, he's just got to figure out a way to finish, and that uh, that really helped. You know, a guy like Taylor Ward, who isn't the the headliner on this uh, Angels roster, is the guy who beats him with two home runs. Uh, both times he had he gotten ahead of him in the count and and wound up uh, giving up. Uh, home runs the, the the first one uh went off the wall in right center field and miles straw almost had it in his glove uh it was a a really nice effort uh, and, and we'll get to we'll get more into miles straw and uh climbing up walls here uh in a bit but uh just from beaver's perspective uh i think uh you know i, I can't tell if he's a, a little frustrated that there was uh three hits and no runs scored behind him but 
you know, you, you got to feel bad for a guy who, who goes out there and, and pitched the way he did against a, a pretty good Angels lineup uh, and, and didn't have anything to show for it. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he comes out for the seventh. I was kind of surprised they sent him out for the seventh. I thought he was right around 90 pitches at, you know, the end of the sixth. They've been really careful with these guys. Uh, but maybe now they, they, you know, this is what Francona was talking about. You all, you got to have that balance. You got to be able to, you know, know when to stretch them out a little bit. And when you do that, you, maybe you pay a consequence or, or two. And that, that certainly happened with, you know, what the, the uh, you know, uh, Max Stassi opens the, the, uh, the seventh with a single. Then the guy gets the, the guy gets a two strike bunt down. And then, you know, Ward comes up there and hits his second home run of the game. And, you know, that was too bad because Beaver really, he deserved better than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that was what, that's exactly the way that uh, we've seen this offense struggle to support this, this pitching staff in the past up until then uh, they, they're just unable to, to get to, to string at bats together. They were uh, 0 for four with, runners in scoring position they you know stranded what six runners on base i it's just uh it, it's been tough it, the only offense really came from a kid making his major league debut in richie palacios he he looked uh real nice in his first two at bats uh lining singles to the uh to the through the left side and uh you know this is a kid who had just gotten called up on uh monday i got the call sunday his uh his parents were in Lehigh Valley watching his older brother play in AAA, and they got the call, hey, you got to make it out to, to California. So uh, they they went uh, west, uh, you know, cross country in time to see Richie uh, get base hits in his first two at-bats. And uh, just a, a really nice story for a kid who basically missed two seasons with a shoulder injury in 2019 and then the pandemic season in 2020. Yeah, that was great. You, you did a nice job on the story, talking to his parents at the ballpark. Uh, you know, baseball family, his, his father played in the minors. I think he had an uncle that played, pitch for Kansas, or pay, played for Kansas City. And his older brother made his debut with uh, Toronto last year. And, and now Richie is up in the big leagues. And uh, they got to be excited. That was, that was fun to watch. And uh, your kid's got a nice swing, nice level swing. And... Uh, who knows? I mean, this is the seventh, what, seventh rookie that's made his uh, big league debut this season for uh, the Guardians. And who knows, Joe, there could be a lot more the way this season is going. Yeah, this will, he will, let's put it this way. He will not be the last rookie to yeah. make his big league debut for the Guardians uh, this season. That's for sure. Uh, and, and yeah, talking to, uh, to Richie's dad and, and mom in the stands, uh, they were just, they were thrilled, uh, you know, super excited about, uh, him making his debut and and to have the success that he had what's with what's with Cleveland rookies this year not just you know making their debut but but having tremendous success you had Quan uh you know just be lights out for for a week and a half there uh and now he's sort of nursing that uh that uh, hamstring injury and and we'll learn more today when he's able to test that uh, at the ballpark this afternoon uh, Tito said that, you know, we'll find out if he has to go on the injured list or not. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing one of the reasons why, you know, uh, you know, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff 
Um, you know, they targeted some players during the winter, free agents and some trade possibilities. But, you know, they, they said they didn't want to, you know, put too many obstacles in front of the players they, they feel from their farm system that they developed. And, you know, sometimes that's, you know, just a hot air, you know, front offices, you know, are famous for that, but maybe uh, they know what they're talking about. Uh, you know, at least initially, you know, Quan is, has, has been really good until he, you know, he kind of hit the wall in New York and got hurt there, but he, you know, it, it still, you know, he's a saw, looks like a, you know, really kind of a very, very interesting player. And Palacio comes up and has a great debut. So, you know, uh, it, it, that's exciting. It's exciting to see young players. You know, you, it's kind of always a double-edged sword. He gets the two hits, but then he throws to the wrong base and, uh, you know, uh, lets, lets a you know, runner advance earlier in the game. But it didn't, it didn't bite him. So, you know, a lesson well learned there. Yeah, you talk about uh, hot air. Uh, we, we definitely need to get into the events of the weekend in, in New York and, and have a conversation about that. Uh, so, so let's do that now, obviously, uh, you know, the, the guardians went into the Bronx, uh, with high hopes of, uh, of being able to uh, go toe to toe with the Yankees, but, uh, that, that lineup and that offense really just sort of overwhelmed them over the course of three games. And in Saturday's game, uh, we had the ugly incident with the Yankees fans in both left and right fields. We had, uh, Miles Straw coming to the defense of Stephen Kwan uh, as the Yankees fans cheered him uh, while he was down on the field injured. And uh, then once the game ended on a walk-off by Gleyber Torres, uh, fans in right field were throwing uh, beer cans and ice cream cones and all sorts of things at, uh, at Guardians players out there, Oscar Mercado, uh, talking to them afterwards. Uh, you know, the sense I got, in, in watching and, and seeing, you know, what transpired and, and the reactions of the Guardians players, uh, you know, I was I was impressed by uh, the restraint that that Straw showed by you know going right up to the line but not crossing it uh, with with the Yankees fans, and then Mercado's comments afterwards uh, just seemed really mature and had a good perspective on things. Uh, what what was your take on the whole situation as it unfolded? Yeah, Joe, you know, it's, it's crazy, man. It, all that happened like in like, you know, a five minute span right at the end of the game, you know, you, you've been in that position where you're uh, you, you've got your game story written that uh, the guardians have come back and won a game uh, four to three, all of a sudden, it, you know, it changes in the, in the, in a heartbeat. And I had my head down. I was writing, you know, trying to, you know, rework uh, the story to get it in on time. And uh, Zach Meisel from the athletic was sitting right next to me and he goes, straw just jumped into the stands. <laughs> so I, I was look, I looked up and I see him hanging on the fence. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a wild scene and uh, very, very unfortunate. I mean, Yankees, I mean, it, you know, I, I thought, you know, that, you know, uh, th that, you know, Mercado and Straw might face some disciplinary action mm -hmm. from MLB for, you know, kind of provoking the incident. But, uh, you know, I called, uh, uh, you know, I checked around. It doesn't sound like anything's going to happen. I think, uh, you know, they, they understand that, uh, you know, Mercado and, and, uh, uh, and Straw were sticking up for, uh, you know, Quan protecting their teammate. And, uh, you know, it was really great to see, uh, the Yankees, all you know, Aaron Judge and and 
uh, Giancarlo Stanton and a bunch of other Yankees come out onto the outfield and, you know, protect the Indians, try to calm the fans down. I should say the guardians. And, um, it was, it was an ugly scene, but I think, uh, it was, it was good to know, uh, you know, that, that, uh, the guardians are going to stick up for each other. The players are sticking up for each other. And I think you always see that in that, in that kind of incident, you know, you're going to stick up for the guys wearing the same uniforms as you. Right. And, you know, and there was a little bit on social media there where, you know, the, the guardians team account, uh, tweeted out a photo of them walking off the field together, sort of, uh, you know, Reservoir Dogs style, where the, the the shot had Straw and Mercado and, and the other guys in the in the picture, and and they tweeted the the word uh, you know just team, uh, family. Uh, Straw responded with, and uh, it, it 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 looks like it's it could have been one of those you know galvanizing moments. Uh, what was the the mood in the clubhouse immediately afterwards? I, I can't imagine a lot of people were you know saying much in terms of being you know sort of out loud, but I, I, I bet you there was a, a real sense of us versus them out there. Yeah, it certainly was. And, you know, um, Tito, you know, Francona didn't say a whole lot about it. Uh, you know, he said, there's just no reason to do that, you know, throw stuff on the field. Um, and uh, Mercado was great about it. He talked for a long time about it. Straw wasn't initially going to talk about it. He walked past a group of reporters and uh, just said, the worst fan, the worst yeah. fan base in, in on the planet, you know, brutal. You know, he said, you know, it's made a statement like that. And then I think Bart Swain talked to him and about 10 minutes later, you know, he talked as well. And, you know, those were the two guys that you wanted to talk to as, as you know, from the media standpoint, and they were, I thought they both handled it great. Uh, the next day, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, there was extra security out there. The Yankees uh, put extra security in the bleachers, you know, between innings, there was a you know bunch of security guys standing on a warning track. Um, and, um, you know, Straw said, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad out there. It was just a normal heckling. And he goes, but he goes, I'm relevant now. You know, they knew, all, <laughs> they know why. <laughs> so he was, he was having some fun with it, but uh, you know, I thought, uh, I thought they handled it well. You know, Straw just, you know, said, you know, I've got, I'm going to protect my guy, Quan. You can't say that stuff about him. And, uh, you know, so, you know, but when you do that, when you kind of, you know, taunt the, ta taunt the tiger, the talk to the bleacher creatures, you're going to get some feedback. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to get your, just your opinion over the years of, I mean, you, this can't be the only time you've seen, uh, you know, reactions go that way from a, a Yankee Stadium crowd. Yeah, you know, I remember in uh, 1996, Mike Hargrove uh, pulled it when, when he was managing the club. He pulled the team off the field. <clears throat> uh, you know, they were throwing baseballs at Albert Bell and souvenir those little souvenir bats. They were throwing, they were throwing them at him. There was another time when uh, Mel Hall was playing the outfield. They they threw a what Mel called a frozen. Cornish game head. <laughs> How did they get a frozen Cornish game head into the ball? I still park? have no idea how that happened. But you know, there's been some incidents. You know, there's that's a rowdy crowd, and uh, you know, Joel Skinner used to when he was coaching uh, third base uh, for for uh, the Indians. He said they the fans just used to wear him out. You know, when when he was standing, and so uh, you know, he's that's a really a vocal crowd. It's a uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, they're into it from the first pitch and there's a lot of them, you know, it's 
crowds 30 to 40,000 a night. And, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's more good fans and bad fans like in any other ballpark, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys, you know, there's a lot of people frustrated yeah, New Yorkers that sit that go to the ball game just to, I think, heckle the opposition. Yeah. I guess the, if you, if the only reason you're buying those tickets is to, uh, you know, express your anger at someone or, or throw $45 beers at people. I think, uh, you know, you, you might need to, to sort of have, have your head examined. Uh, you know, the, the, the response from fans on social media immediately afterwards, uh, I, I think it, it went to both extremes. I think, uh, you know, Yankee fans were embarrassed. They knew, you know, what their, what their brethren had done was, was not right. It was a, it was a bad look. But really, every fan base has those bad those bad looks. Every fan base has those black eye games. You know, you can talk about Philadelphia throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, and you can talk about you can talk about Bottlegate in yeah. Cleveland. You know, you, it, there are moments when uh, you know every it just looks bad on on everyone, and, and you give everybody a bad name. But uh, you know, I think calling for uh, Major League Baseball to empty the stadium or to ban fans from a game in, in some way. I think that's just a, a an extreme reaction. Uh, and and there were there were people definitely calling for that. And I'm, I'm just like, that's that's Yankee Stadium in New York. You're you're not going to keep fans who paid for their tickets to games from from going to the game. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, you know, and I don't know what you know the video if you know if the the video police are out there and they can single out the people that were pl- throwing the beer cans at at you know Mercado especially, um, you know. So I I don't know if that they'll those fans will face any discipline or lose you know lose their uh, you know season tickets or if they do have season tickets, I don't know if they sell season tickets in the bleachers. I'm not sure, but <laughs> but uh, uh, you know who knows what 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 action will be taken but well I'm but glad that, they had extra security out there the next day but that's the thing is you know the league policy is that the individual team has has discretion over how to punish and and how to you know put, you know secure and patrol that area so it's really up to the yankees to decide what they do and you know if you're the yankees you don't want to make it look like you're going after your own you know fans there but but you do have to to make sure that I, I think the league and its teams take player safety very seriously. And if you're not showing the, the players association that that you're going to do everything within your power to make sure something like that doesn't happen again, then I think there's an issue. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, moving forward, at least for for the time being, you're it's going to have a real chilling effect on uh, on what happens in New York, uh, you know, until Boston shows up, you know, who knows what the, uh, we could, we could, we could call our, uh, our, our colleagues over at mass live and, and, and see if they've got any stories about what happens when the Red Sox come to town and, and how the bleacher creatures treat them. But uh, I think a, a beer shower might be the, uh, the least of, uh, of the, the most severe infractions uh, levied upon them. Yeah. Terry Francona was great. Um, his whole his his three daughters, a bunch of his family members were there. His three uh, his grandkids were there, and he's he when he went out to check on Quan when he was coming back, you know the fans were really on him, and he thought you know he didn't react to him. But then finally, when you know Straw jumped on the fence, he missed that, and he turned around and saw that. But he said one of his daughters was yelling at 
was arguing with New York with some Yankee fans, you know, and he said her husband was mortified. <laughs> when he said it used to be a badge of honor, just like when at the old Yankee Stadium, where you would uh, during his national anthem, he'd be out in the you know out out standing in front of the dugout with the rest of the team. He said they just wear you out. He goes, and that was that was like a badge of honor. That was that was fun. Right. Well, that uh, that weekend in New York with his family there uh, uh, cost Tito because he uh, he said they had a, a couple of rooms at the hotel. And I guess the uh, the granddaughters went to the American Girl store and, and bought a bunch of dolls. And and uh, it, that can get uh, that can get pretty expensive, uh, no matter no matter who you are or what your salary is. I think uh, uh, we all uh, live in fear of uh, little girls and their American doll uh uh, obsessions so uh our american girl doll I, I don't even know i have i have a son so it's, it's i i have no idea about any of that kind of stuff uh let's uh let's move on from new york because i will we'll have uh you know pl- that, that, that's one of the things that they're able to you know put it in their back pocket and move on uh the yankees still have to come to cleveland for a, a series so uh we'll we'll see how uh cleveland fans react when they get here uh, but right now you're you've started this West Coast swing of the uh, of the trip and the offense that uh, that wasn't there in New York uh, came with you in uh, on the flight across the country. Uh, what can they do to get going here? Well, Joe, I think, you know, <clears throat> obviously you've got to get the middle of the lineup going, uh, you know, uh, Ramirez, you know, after the hot start as his. You know, he had a bad series in New York. I mean, he, the last game, at least he got on base, but they did a great job uh, handcuffing him. Reyes has just been terrible, though. You know, he's gotten off to really a slow start last night, you know, with, uh, you know, with the with the one chance they did have. You know, he he's, he took, uh, what, he it was 3-0, and then he swung at ball four and ball five, you know, where he could have walked and loaded the bases, you know, and, and you know, passed the baton on. I think he's really feeling a lot of pressure to drive in some runs. Uh, Rosario's kind of cooled off. I mean, he keeps hitting the ball hard, but he's, you know, he, he did, he just missed a home run last night, but he's hitting the ball hard, but he's lining out right at people or he's hitting into double plays. So, you know, they just, uh, they just got to get going, especially in the middle of the lineup. I thought, you know, straws cooled off a little bit. Uh, it'd be nice to get Quan back in there at the top of the lineup, but, you know, he's got to be healthy. Yeah, and and that's the thing you expect after you know that those first like fourteen days of the season, you would expect some regression there to, to the to the mean to the average, uh, you know where these guys are. Uh, Jose, uh, you know, looking bad over over the last you know four or five games uh, is is a bit of a concern, but uh, you can you you know he's going to be there. It's it's Framil that you're right. They need to get going. Uh, I, I thought in that at bat that you talked about with, uh, you know, first and second, nobody out and, and a chance to do some damage there. Uh, he, he, the aggression was there because he swung at ball four, like you said, but uh, what the one that got me was the three, one pitch that glanced off his bat for a foul tip because he was frustrated after that one. He knew it was ball four. He yeah. knew that just that, just the, 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 the margin of those inches where he, he had the deflection and the, and, and the foul tip. Uh, could have been really that's where the game was decided because like you said you're talking Josh Naylor at the plate with with uh, the bases loaded and nobody out and a real chance to score some runs there 
Yeah, and uh, you know that definitely. And I think uh, you know he shattered the bat after uh, you know after that he was really frustrated. And I think you can you just feel that growing. And we talked to him uh, <clears throat> after uh, Friday's game in New York. He, you know, and he, he, he was complaining about the umpires, you know, the bad strike zone. And, you know, I think, you know, that's all kind of building up inside there where, you know, when you're going good, it doesn't matter who's behind the plate, you know, you're going to get your hits. And when you're going bad, you're looking for somebody to blame and, you know, the umpire, you know, so I think there's a lot of frustration right now with Fran Mill. And uh, I don't know what you do, Joe, do you take, do you, I think they rested him one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you move him down in the lineup? I, I don't you I, know. Tito's not doesn't overreact this early in the season usually. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you put him back in there and you just let him keep going. I, he's if, Tito's fond of saying he's a guy who once he gets hot can get as hot as he is cold, and he can carry you for a week. I mean, I would not be surprised to see a stretch out of Fran Mill where he hits three, four home runs and, and drives in eight, nine runs in a in a you know a four or five game span. But right now, there's there's just no indication that the that the eye at the plate and the, and the ability to control the strikes. That's one of the things that he talked about in the offseason. Uh, you know, he worked with Juan Soto and, and Soto's coach about controlling the strike zone. And really, we haven't seen that discipline. And, you know, it's, it's probably worth a, a deep dive here, uh, just looking at the numbers from fan graphs and and seeing what his uh, ability to control the strike zone is like. And even going back to a you know, a period maybe last year when he was controlling the strike zone and and, and putting balls in play and, and hitting the ball hard. So uh, we've seen what happens when he gets hot. So uh, I think with the potential of always being there, if he's healthy, uh, you're, you're not going to do much. You're not going to, you, you got to keep playing him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's your guy. He, you know, he's a, he's a DH. He's, he's your, you know, cleanup hitter. We're fourth or fifth hitter, wherever you want to put him. And, uh, you know, he's not going to get hot from the bench. And uh, I think, you know, maybe you give him a mental day off here or there. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Joe, he's got to be in the lineup. Hey, uh, Oscar Gonzalez is hitting down at AAA. And uh, John Kenzie Noel had two home runs down in, uh, uh, I believe, Lake County. Uh, he, he did those. Uh, Noel, I think, is on the 40-man roster. So Yeah, Noel's on the 40-man. So, you know, who knows? Uh, I... I <laughs> That would be if this is a prolonged slump with some, some you know, some sort of disastrous results uh, would, would be when you start looking internally for options like that. But I don't see that as being the case anytime soon. All right. Uh, game two of the series, Tristan McKenzie uh, on the mound uh, against Patrick Sandoval tonight. Uh, should be uh, fun to see McKenzie and see how deep he can go, uh, you know, as, as he continues to get stretched out. But uh, uh, McKenzie versus Trout and Otani should be should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, McKenzie, what he only he only got into the fifth inning in his last start, I think. Uh, so he's got some. I think he's probably got an extra day or two of rest. Um, it's going to be yeah. That's it'll be a good start for him. Be an interesting start for him, I should say. All right, uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Twenty, we'll, we'll see you then. All right, Joe.